Why is coaching and consulting so damn expensive? It's certainly valuable now, don't get me wrong. But is it possible that most coaches and consultants artificially inflate their fees? I, I think so. And I don't even think most do it intentionally. I think it's pretty much an industry-wide issue. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneurial journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hi, I'm your host, Ruthie, and welcome back to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast, where we're taking on the giant and incredibly important topic of ethics in the coaching and consulting industries. So today's episode is another question episode that addresses the all-important topic of fees and whether or not you know, coaching, consulting services are worth the hype. Coaching and consulting is typically viewed as a high-end service. We explored in a previous solo episode about how there's nothing wrong with a high price tag, but many coaches, consultants, and service providers may target the wrong people. Definitely recommend you check out that episode. You know, they're charging inaccessible fees while targeting a demographic that likely doesn't have the capital or budget for the level of investment to make sense, right? To make sense for those people to make that type of investment. And this is where we end up, you know, talking to people who we then have to manipulate into buying our programs or services. And that's an incredible problem. And that's one of the ethical things or unethical things, as the case is, that we talk about here. So today, though, we're going to talk about the very real possibility that coaching and consulting fees are inflated. And that's, you know, the high ticket model aside. We also did an episode exploring whether or not the high ticket model, like if there was something wrong with it. And I thought that the answer to that question made sense. So I'd recommend you check that one out, too. You can find all of these episodes, all of these deep ethical coaching episodes in the entrepreneurship collection. It's a collection of episodes, kind of like a playlist that all center around this topic. And it's named after the two reports that kind of initiated the two studies that kind of initiated this topic for me and this exploration as we continue to dive deeper. So in order to ask if coaching fees, consulting fees, service fees are inflated, we actually have to ask another question. So that second question is, What is the real value of our services? Yeah. What is the real value of our services? What makes a coaching or consulting offer worth $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 or more? What makes them worth that? It's certainly not the evergreen coaching model that people keep, you know, touting around as the next great thing to help coaches scale their businesses. And that's the really it's a course, right? Tons of video content with a Facebook support group and probably some some live Q&As. That's not coaching, but it's touted as the evergreen coaching model. That certainly is not worth three, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars. It's really not. So why do the coachception coaches, coachception is, you know, coaches who coach coaches. We have another episode on that too called Coachception. So definitely check that out. 
But why did the coachception coaches keep telling us to raise our fees to this level uh, without regard for actual skill and experience? Well, economically, it makes sense, right? If you charge five people $1,000, you make $5,000. If you charge five people $3,000, you make $15,000. If you charge five people $5,000, hey, you see where this is going? You make $25,000. And if you charge five people $10,000, you make $50,000. The number of people stays the same, but you make more money. So economically, it makes sense. As an aside, when coaches who engage in income claim marketing, do the math. If their marketing is good and they claim to have a 50K month, don't get excited thinking they're amazing. Just reflect on the last time a bro marketer drew you in. And I know this because I was one of the five people that paid $10,000 once. That's how I know. How did it happen? Definitely check out our other collection of episodes called the Cult Coaching Collection. And I tell you all about it. In the end, I ended up giving that company about $30,000. So definitely check those out. So the question is not whether or not the, the high ticket price is warranted, right? In that high ticket model episode, we established that there wasn't actually anything wrong with the high ticket model, but definitely something wrong with some of the tactics that tend to surround it. But you have to ask yourself this question, right? And so ethical questions tend to be very personal. So this is one of those. The question you have to ask yourself is, are your services worth that much money? Right. So speaking from experience, we were never evaluated based on our actual skills or experience in those programs. If we had been, then the entrepreneurship industry would be forced to admit that entrepreneurship wasn't for everyone, which goes directly counter to the everyman entrepreneur idea that's pushed out there to increase the amount of entrepreneurial activity, which then increases the bottom line for the entrepreneurship industry as a whole. But if everyone's evaluated, then it would be obvious that entrepreneurship wasn't for everyone, that not everybody could do this. Because some people are great at marketing and suck at fulfillment. <laughs> so my example, what I'd like you to reflect on, right, in terms of how important things like experience actually are, or things like experience and skill level, investment in your skills, all those things are important. I want you to reflect on a creative hobby for a moment. You know, do you paint, play music, do acrobatics, knit, something, anything? Hell, I would even take video games, right? Or reflect on a sport you played when you were younger. Anything where it took time to build skill, right? Time to, to really get good at what it was that you had fallen in love with for, you know, that month, that year, many years, whatever. Would you say your skill at the beginning was as good as it is currently or whenever you stopped doing this hobby at the height of your skill? No, right? So with coaching and consulting, why are beginners being told to charge such high fees? It doesn't make sense. And there's harm on both sides for the coach and the consultant when fees are exorbitantly high, unnecessarily high. So for the coach or the consultant uh, or the service provider, they feel an intense pressure to deliver and appear way more put together than they actually are. So instead of focusing on the right things, right, they end up focusing on other things that help improve the appearance that they have it together. But what they should actually be focusing on is developing their coaching or consulting or related service skills, developing actual IP, intellectual property, and gradually establishing systems for processes that have been proven to work. Instead, they're doing, you know, I don't want to say stupid things, but they're doing unnecessary things like, oh, let me automate this string of emails. What, the string of emails you haven't tested? Oh, let me automate, you know, oh, sending, putting together this course. Oh, the course that you haven't fucking tested. 
what a waste of time. You're going to go through the effort of doing this, you know, creating your evergreen coaching model with your big video course inside of it, right? And you're not going to be able to get people to sign up because you're focusing on the wrong things and you would have wasted all that time. You need to be focusing on your skill. You need to be getting experience. You need to be working with actual people to prove your theory because until you actually go through the effort of coaching people, of consulting with people on their businesses, all you have are theories. All you have are theories. And so you're asking people to pay three, five, ten thousand $10,000 for your theory when there are other coaches and consultants out there who are asking for those fees and they actually have the experience and skill level to back it up. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Remember, if you can't sell your services, coaching, consulting, other services, you know, off of a Google Doc, then a fancy funnel isn't going to help you either. And on the client side, the harm that the high fees do for unproven coaches and consultants on the client side, their expectations may be too high for what the coach can offer. It's easier to accept being a test client and experiencing hiccups and, you know, oh, I didn't send that email. I'm so sorry. When you haven't paid a high four figure or five figure sum. So how should new coaches and consultants get experience then? Well, they could obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, because if it was obvious, more people would do it. So I shouldn't say obvious. Um, but one of the things that, you know, coaches could certainly do is if you're a new coach, get some experience working with a senior coach, somebody who's, you know, whose business is healthy, somebody whose, you know, values align with yours. See if you can do some guest coaching with some of the other coaches that you know, like, and trust. That's definitely some ways to get experience. Uh, something that I saw work really well in 2021 for more than just myself, there was quite a few people in my network who were doing this, were workshops that tested parts of a process or program that the coach or consultant was developing. Most of us were doing the workshops as intros to our value ladder, and that was what inspired episode 209, using a value ladder, ladder for authenticity and alignment, because I saw so many of my business friends doing it, and it worked for me because the Why Workshop is my mini course, but it actually started out as a workshop. So what if you tested each part of your program this way as a small paid workshop, validated it, got feedback from your participants, tweaked and changed it? How much more confident would you be putting together a larger program? How much better would you understand the value and impact of your services, right? Then thus giving you confidence for your fees when you're quoting these fees later on. It also had some ancillary benefits of getting people, you know, to, well, I guess I don't want to say getting, but adding people to my email list because they joined the workshop. They were obviously interested. They had great experiences. I had a lot of one-to-one -one conversations and got wonderful feedback for the Y workshop, which allowed me to continue iterating on it and to produce the mini course that exists on my website today. That Those videos were recorded custom for the course, but it was after doing the Y workshop, you know, one time in person, but, you know, several times online to actually build that experience. The first version of the Y workshop is not the version that you see when you buy the course or if you experience it, you know, at any point this year. Uh, later. It evolved over time thanks to the feedback. So another thing to point out is that most coaching and consulting outcomes are pretty much intangible or less directly attached to the bottom line. And this is true if you're, you know, if you're a sales consultant or you're an ads consultant, that may be less true for you. But many of the benefits that most coaches and consultants offer are intangible unless they're tied to specific business outcomes. And I find that coaches probably will struggle with this more than consultants. But many of the reported benefits of coaching include things like increased confidence, a sense of accomplishment, self-awareness, right? Your ability to make good decisions and, and stuff. 
But how do we tie a monetary value to that in a real way? What's the value of increased confidence or self-awareness? Perhaps we should turn to scientific research for the answer. Plot twist. I actually couldn't find research easily on the value of these intangible things. And I'm talking like monetary value, um, especially for things like confidence. But one thing that I thought was interesting is that Gallup is a company that does research, um, a big research paper they put out called The State of the Workplace. It's not a scientific journal, but Gallup does have a great reputation and they put out this state of the workplace every year. And their primary metric is employee engagement. And they're actually able to tie that to some financial impacts within companies. So it's absolutely, you know, super interesting. So we talk about value-focused marketing, but how valuable is it when we're just making up the numbers? Like when it's completely arbitrary. For service-providing consultants, this problem isn't quite as present unless they get sucked into a do-it you know, DIY model, right? Do it yourself model where they, you know, create something where people can learn how to do it themselves. But, you know, if you're doing DFY done for you, the value of something like a funnel system, branding, marketing strategy, social media creation and management, email marketing, et cetera, fluctuates based on the business you're talking with. So, and what I mean by that, and this is actually in reference to podcast uh, episode 186, where we talk about the stages of the business growth for coaching, consulting, and service businesses. But if the business owner is at stage one of their business and they consider any type of expert outsourcing, they're likely only going to want to pay a small amount. They are likely going to have sticker shock because they probably have no capital or a very small amount of capital and a small budget. And this is, of course, assuming that they have stage one level knowledge that, yes, they're in stage one of this business. But if they're a serial entrepreneur who's successfully launched multiple businesses, this is probably different. And they may have the mindset of a stage five business. So it's always important to be aware of who you're talking to. So your prices will look inflated to the typical stage one business. Hiring someone for four to five figures for business services is actually out of sync for their stage of business anyway. So you shouldn't be talking to these people. Uh, However, to the person in stage four or five, your pricing could actually be perfect. And this is the same with coaching. A high figure investment into a coach makes more sense at these stages because the business basics have, they've been met. The basic uh, needs of the business have been met. And they're met on a regular basis so they can, you know, start to make those types of financial investments in their business. So the answer to the first question, are coaching and consulting offers inflated? The fees, are they inflated? Is twofold. The amounts may not seem exorbitant depending on who you're speaking to. However, it's definitely given too big to fail, great recession types of vibes in that there is nothing empirical backing these value claims. And as soon as people realize it, it all comes tumbling down. And (laughs) I did, if you Google, why is coaching so expensive, as I did, uh, I did find a case study that multiple coaching websites cited as evidence as, oh, this is why coaching is expensive. But it was a case study. And it was the results. The results showed that leadership coaching resulted in a 529% ROI, return on investment. But a case study which can be an acceptable way of reporting scientific results, is still anecdotal and shouldn't be taken as empirical proof that most people or entities see these types of results. Not to mention 529% ROI sounds stupid. (laughs) That number sounds dumb. Nobody knows what that means. And, And it's just, you have to consider that a case study, it's a great way to show what can happen, what's possible, But it by no means shows us what's typical, right? Typical results are not 529% ROI, whatever that means. 
So that's something to keep in mind. It, it doesn't reflect the results of the whole industry. So if somebody's like, oh, well, coaching is expensive because of this. Well, it's like, was that empirical? Is that typical results? Or is this that, you know, results may widely vary bullshit. You know, these results are not typical of most of our clients. Okay, well, what is typical for most of your clients before I make this big ass investment? Answer that question. Somebody asked that on their next sales call with a coach and a person's like telling you these testimonials, ask them if those results are typical. And if they say no, tell them to give you a typical results description. That's what I want to see. That's what we should have on sales pages. Typical results, folks, typical results. So the second question, which came up in me trying to answer the first question, I had to answer the second question. What is the real value of our services? The answer is also not easy, at least not in an industry level. The best we might be able to say is that this could have value of some, you know, four-figure amount for a business, four, five, six, seven-figure amount for a business. But that doesn't sound nearly as sexy. It really doesn't. So new question, how do we establish a more objective measure for the value of our services? I want to know that. And that's just a question. I'm just throwing it out there. It came from, you know, this brainstorming. So one of my big conclusions today is that most people don't know the value of what they're offering. They can't explain why their service consulting coaching is $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000. They can't tell you why. Um, Or they can't tell you how the fee makes sense for what they're offering. Coachception coaches telling their clients their fee should be this high without walking them through the why of it short circuits each client's opportunity to critically evaluate the fee that they're asking prospects to pay. The next time you're on a call, I encourage you to ask the coach or consultant how they came up with their fee amount. You're not questioning the value of what they're offering. Like it's important, that's why you're talking to them. But how did they come to their fee amount as a conclusion? That's a very bold question and they should be able to answer it. And don't forget, when you're on these calls, you don't have to make a decision. I take notes, I would advise you to take notes and then review those notes. Take some time to think about it. Don't let anybody pressure you into a a decision. And if they are pressuring you, they're probably not the coach for you anyway. (laughs) So decision actually ends up becoming very easy. But thank you so much for joining me today. And if you want to talk about this more, please know my DMs are always open. Definitely share the episode with somebody who would get something out of it. That's how we increase awareness around these topics and help protect our ourselves and our businesses, right, from predatory practices. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.